Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not even sure why they're, why they're even going to hold a vote for executive of the year. I mean, they should just hand it to Danny Ainge now and uh, just move on and have better things to do. I mean, what he did was uh, nothing short of remarkable. little preview what's to come from this broadcast's featured guest. Those are some kind words, huh? From Gary Wolfel, NBA insider for the Racine Journal Times and 1250 WSSP, start of the Eastern Conference Primer Series is today. With the Milwaukee Bucks batting leadoff, still in the on-deck circle, just warming up on episode number 227 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being brought to you by FanDuel and Audible. Audible.com slash Celtics Beat to claim a free audiobook and support this show. Larry H. Russell, CLNS Media, here on this Sunday, September 10th, 2017. And before we begin our tour amongst the top teams in the Eastern Conference, we continue to be provided with fresh and relevant content from that Boston Celtics oasis throughout, and actually now well past, the dog days. Former Celtic, former Celtic, Isaiah Thomas, this past week, pretty much all this past week, my goodness, he has broken his silence in the days leading up to the press conference on social media, the Players' Tribune, and then, of course, the press conference itself this past Thursday. The little guy has spoken. He's even got a few more pot shots in yesterday afternoon on Saturday. So, well, first, credit where credit is due. You know, very rarely when professional athletes express their gratitude for the support us mere fans give them in or gave them in the X amount of time they spend in a particular place, in this case, Boston, always in this case Boston, uh, that it it comes off as genuine. But in Isaiah's case, it did. Isaiah loved it here in Boston, loved the fans, unbelievable atmosphere, clearly fed off them. I really thought it was a big part of his his game. Uh, But he reciprocated and thus in turn further enhanced it. I said it a bunch last year, some of those home games because of him, because of the anticipation that he created and eventually delivered in those fourth quarters. The avalanche effect was there. I said it on this broadcast all this past season, all winter. This is a 15-year season ticket holder member saying this. Uh, Those were the best crowds since the new building opened. Fleet Center, TD Bank North Garden, TD Bank North whatever. Uh, Championship season of 2008 included. That was all Isaiah. Now with all that said, turning to the Players' Tribune piece where all of what we heard and assumed, especially that first fifth of it, which is all I read, it was spelled out, as we know, in that column. 
which uh, was written by some guy that had Isaiah's electronic signature at the bottom. Anyways, m- much of it was touching. I thought it further highlighted the authenticity of Isaiah's warm feelings towards the Celtics franchise, how much he appreciated the aura of it, the city of Boston, and if we use social media as a barometer, which we always uh, have a tendency to do, uh, not entirely accurate, but in this case, it's good enough. And I can say that it it's fair to say that, once again, those feelings were returned by Celtics Nation. And it almost served as a metaphor of Isaiah's actual game, like where, you know, he had this, despite his offensive brilliance, which in these parts has been referred to as the best offensive season by an individual Celtics since the 1987-88 edition of Larry Legend, comes with that little caveat of, yeah, but, yeah, but his defense. Yeah, but his defense, he was statistically the worst defender by a mile at his position last year. And there was, in that piece, for believe for me at least, there was that very same, yeah, but, where Isaiah reached the height of ignorance and hubris that I personally found to be suffocating. Um, It didn't take long for me to forget everything that I had read to that point and pretty much triggered me to immediately close the window of my browser out of frustration for such ignorance. And I quote, I think my trade can show people I want to see how my getting traded just like that, without any warning, by the franchise that I scratched and clawed for and bled for and put my everything on the line for? That's why people need to fix their perspective. Dot, dot, dot. So when players are getting moved left and right and having their lives changed without any say-so and it's no big deal, but then a handful of times it flips and the player has control, then it's some scandal? Just being honest. But to me, that says a lot about where we are as a league. And even as a society. And it says a lot about how far we still have to go. End quote. Um, let's go back to people need to fix their perspective. Isaiah, I agree. First off, creating your own universal mindset for you to apply across the whole general public and then using professional athletes as a case study for social injustice. As you said, people like you need some perspective. All those passionate debates over Kevin Durant, the Warriors, should the Celtics have traded Isaiah Thomas, and all this emotion invested by the masses in something as trivial as sports, um, that creates an audience for potential advertisers, creates a market and a desire for those to pay exuberant amount to buy tickets, and, and and result is that you and your peers do quite well despite the mere inconveniences of potential relocations against your will. You just talked about it in your piece. You were coming back from South Florida for your anniversary. You were off to your hometown in Seattle. There are, as we know, an unlimited amount of injustices throughout the world, uh, then, now, likely forever. Isaiah, you are not one of them. And for everyone else's sake, please don't waste any effort trying to solve said injustices. Thank you very much. Now, Let's attend some actual basketball reasons here, for, for goodness sake. I want to mention 300. Any excuse I can get to mention 300, I'm doing so. This weekend was the anniversary of the Battle of Thermopylae. What's the Battle of Thermopylae? Wikipedia? Watch 300, please. Thank you. Save Western civilization, save freedom, save democratic principles that are the staples of today. And because of that, fortunately... We are left with the political thought and philosophy that has been instilled into us, not just in the political theater, but in business, in sports, 
our own friendships and relationships, how we view everything comes down to these two questions, whether we admit it or not. I actually do. What have you done for me lately? And what are you going to do for me next? Isaiah, Mr. Thomas, we're going to answer the latter first. We know it's a lot. In the post-Bird era, he is literally in the top five, as of now, most important Celtics. At least for my money, in no order, Wick, Garnett, Pierce, Ainge, probably Isaiah. Rounds it out. Fun debate to have, by the way. But to sum it up as briefly as possible, to argue for his sake, as I am going to do so, was acquired for a bag of donuts, Jay Crowder, about a month and a half earlier, came to a team where one month prior was headed for one of the worst records in the NBA again, produced tremendously on the court, created a winning culture, playoffs three consecutive years, elevated the organization so rapidly to where they were relevant enough again so they could sign Al Horford, sign Gordon Hayward this past summer, make a trade for Kyrie Irving, Isaiah himself coming off a second team All-NBA appearance. Isaiah Thomas has done a lot for us lately. Now the other question. What are you going to do for me next? I don't think anyone knows. I think that's the nicest thing you, way you can answer that question. Very cold-hearted. Cold, very cold-hearted. But uh, those two questions have made up the mindset at the very own ignorance of many throughout the last two and a half millennia. Most assuredly, Isaiah's included, who spent the last six months making Brinkstrap jokes. So, to quote more Western political thought from arguably the greatest thinker of them all, ends justify the means. Kyrie Irving, come on down. Back on the other side of the break with Gary Wolfel, the prime of the Milwaukee Bucks, after a word from our sponsors. Fantasy football fans, football is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy football for everyday fans, new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use my code CELTICSPEED. That's CELTICSPEED, all one word. The very own CELTICSPEED Listener League is taking place in Week 1, and my Tom Brady call was a whiff, so we gear for Week 2. I won't go down that road again. Let's try another quarterback and go with Ben Roethlisberger at home against the Minnesota Vikings. So again, see everyone in the CELTICSPEED FanDuel League at FanDuel.com slash CELTICSPEED. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. to sign up using promo code CELTICSBEAT. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CELTICSBEAT. Void where prohibited. Back here on CELTICSBEAT. Thanks to this indescribable Celtics offseason, if that's the word that I can use. Uh, usual schedules for us here and, and, and everyone have been thrown into a whirlpool. It's good for business, though. I mean, don't worry. We're doing fine, of course. Good for the team. And if there was ever a phrase that I most adhere to in all walks of life, it's for the team, right? For the collective good. Uh, but in all seriousness, Larry H. Russell back here on the show with one of our stalwart guests among CLNS programming, Mr. Gary Wolfel, NBA insider for the Racing Journal Times out in Wisconsin. Gary, it seems like it's been a long time, so I actually very rarely ask this question of my guests. How have you been? I have been really, really well. <laughs> Knock on wood, you know. But yeah, no, it's been a busy summer, a, a productive summer, and enjoyable summers. So yeah, doing well. Busy summer, actually not for the Bucks, and I do want to get into it because we're uh, finally, I'm actually excited that we can finally get this Primer Series rolling here uh, on Celtics Beat. 
Uh, I'm starting off with Milwaukee because Milwaukee seems to be the team du jour. Everyone is telling me to watch out for the Bucks, even though I'm telling everybody else to watch out for the Bucks. So I don't know how the Bucks are so <laughs> underrated now. You know, it's one of those types of things. But I think it's safe to say we expect Milwaukee to be good. We're going to be talking about them for quite some time coming up here on the show. But you exchanged some interesting words with me off air about the summer the Celtics had, the summer Danny Ainge had for the team, and obviously everyone has had an opinion on them, even though I just referred to the Celtics offseason as indescribable, even though everyone else has described the Celtics offseason. So uh, before we get into the primer, Mr. Wolfel, do you care to describe the summer the Celtics had here on the airwaves? Yeah, you know, in a word, uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, most teams would have been happy to get one of those guys that the Celtics got, but uh, they, they made an absolute killing, and uh, you know, you and I talked about this off the air before, but, you know, I'm not even sure why they're, why they're even going to hold a vote for executive of the year. I mean, they should just hand it to Danny Ainge now and uh, just move on and have better things to do. I mean, what he did was uh, nothing short of remarkable. Well, you have a vote, so we can hold you to that. And you're going to be here in some <laughs> 40 days in Boston for the Celtics home opener. And I believe that's the, uh, that's, that's the Bucks opener themselves. Is that correct? That's the Bucks' first yeah. game in Boston. Okay, yeah, All right. you know, I, I think the Bucks plan on showing up. So. Okay, well, they better bring you along too. Um, but suffice it to say, there it is, huh? You approve the job the Celtics and and Danny Ainge has done. So we'll hold it to you pretty quickly, since, like I said, we'll be everyone's going to be getting together here in T minus a month. So it's very rapidly here. We're going to transition to the primer, uh, transition to the Bucks, and we'll get into a potential Bucks Celtics. You know how they match up in a moment here, but. For a little bit, let's solely focus on the team that you cover out in Milwaukee. I mean, it's an interesting little dichotomy, huh? Boston was in the news a lot all summer. The Bucks were not. And you can actually make an argument that's a good thing for a change. Well, there are a few teams in the Eastern Conference that are going to be bringing some continuity to their roster. The Wizards are one. The Bucks are one. So, yeah, take it away from me, man, on the summer that Milwaukee had. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a kind of a tumultuous summer. Uh, they didn't do a lot on the player front, but... Uh... You know, their uh, general manager for the past 10 years, John Hammond, uh, bolted and, and took a similar job with the Orlando Magic. And then the uh, Bucks went through an extensive search. They hired a search firm, and uh, they, they had it down to three candidates. And then they find out that they don't like any of the three anyways, and they ended up hiring a guy named John Horst, who was the uh, director of basketball operations. And uh, it's incredible. I talked to probably about six to eight guys in the uh, days after the hiring. <laughs> Not one of them knew who John Horst was. And uh, it was just a stunning development. Uh, you know, uh, this guy's pretty young. I think he's 35 and has had no real heavy involvement in contract negotiations, trades, or drafts. He's been a part of them but uh, certainly he hasn't had a uh, major say in the decision-making process. So that was the big news, you know, in Milwaukee. And now I, I guess the big news is what they do with Jabari Parker because he's up for a contract extension. And I am uh, currently in the midst of doing a blog and uh, Jabari, uh, you know, wanting an extension and he wants a lot of money. You know, the question is whether the Bucks will give it to him. What do you actually expect from him? I, I, there are a few questions that I had, but I do want to get into Jabari Parker. He's going to come back at some point. But when is he? What, what is his timetable for return, roughly? Because I, I know you would know from that knee injury. Because I know he's not starting the year yeah. right away. That's correct, right? 
Correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, the general consensus is he's going to come back somewhere in February, uh, right around the all-star break. And, uh, I talked to Jabari about a week or so ago, but, and he made it very clear that if he's not 100%, he's not going to come back. And if he's not 100% at any juncture this season, he might not even play at all. You know, he's 22 years old. This is his second major knee injury, uh, an ACL blowout to the left knee on both occasions. And he's got to be ultra cautious. Uh, he's still a young player. And the last thing he wants to do is, uh, you know, come back prematurely and, and hurt that knee again. So, yeah, that's going to be the big story, uh, you know, from the Bucks standpoint. In all honesty, though, what do you think then will happen with him? You know what, Larry? After this season, I, I got I'll hold to see you this season. What do I expect from him this season? Yeah, do you think he will play? And if he does play, yeah, you know, I, I do think he will play. And uh, you know, I think he'll be fine. This guy, you know, there's a lot of guys in professional sports that have exceptional work ethics. But this guy is just amazing. I mean, he's probably got as good a work ethic as any player I've seen in the Milwaukee organization over the years. And he's obsessed now with coming back and proving the skeptics wrong. I mean, coming back from two serious ACLs isn't easy, and, and he knows it. But, uh, you know, if anybody can do it, I, I would imagine Jabari Parker is the guy that can do it. Many people, like myself included, were, were talking about Milwaukee. Parker was a part of that that young core that they're most known throughout the NBA for. And I thought the Bucks, I thought many others did as well, made a very interesting move, uh, releasing Spencer Hawes a week ago, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, somewhere right. around there. Right. And I almost thought that there was it was it was it served as almost as a metaphor in that that release was like now I know there were some salary cap implications to it, but it was very metaphorical in that it was a message that they're really banking on the continued development of their young players, which is are as good and as proven really as anyone in the Eastern Conference. Is that an accurate statement to make? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think they're really thinking that Thon uh, Baker can take that next step. He was their first-round pick last year, and uh, they brought him along slowly during the course of the season and then ramped up his minutes uh, late in the season, and he ended up starting every playoff game. And... Uh, there's some people, they, they won't say it publicly, but they think he's got a chance to be an exceptional player. Maybe maybe not as good as Giannis. I mean, in all likelihood, he's not going to be as good as Giannis. But if he's remotely close to that, that would just be incredible. And if Parker comes back, you'd be talking about three exceptional front court players. I mean, the Bucks would have one of the best young front lines uh, in the in the game. But, uh, again, you know, Don Maker has to improve, and Jabari has to get healthy. So, we'll see. How do I ask a question about Giannis, by the way? How do I, like, start a conversation with him? Do I, do I <laughs> second best player in the Eastern Conference? What do you expect? Blah, 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 blah. How do I you – start? you talk about him. Uh, how long will he be in Milwaukee? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But this is about this you know, year. I, this is the primer for this year. Right? We're, we're, gonna, we're staying in the present moment, people here, Gary. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting uh, – the guy is un, un, unequivocally one of the best young players in the game. I mean, that goes without saying. But uh, he was playing for the Greece national team, you know, a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, he drops out, and uh, the Bucks announced that he's coming back to the States. And uh, They claim that they gave him a test on his knee, 
and he failed it. And uh, that that was just startling news. Uh, although I saw late in the season a couple games where in the locker room he was hobbling, and I asked him on both occasions uh, if his knee, if he's having knee issues, and he goes, "No, he was uh, very upbeat about it. Didn't think he had it, but." Everybody's wondering now, hey, what is the deal? Was this just a ploy in the Bucks' part to get him out of uh, games for the, the Greek uh, national team, or does he have a legitimate you know, knee injury? And, uh, I mean, that's the last thing the Bucks want is a, <laughs> a superstar or potential superstar having a knee injury uh, to go with uh, Jabari Parker's situation. So that's uh, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, luckily his game is not predicated at all on his athleticism, though, right? No, I mean, it's his length. I mean, he's got extraordinary length. And I mean, if you talk to any NBA coach, they, the, the key to, to keeping Giannis under control is keeping him out of the lane because once he's in the lane, he just uh, leaps or reaches over people and uh, scores inside. I, mean, I would say probably, this is no exaggeration, probably about 80% of his points are in the paint. And, uh, you know, so um, he, he is athletic, no, no question about it, but uh, his length is what really separates him from uh, so many other players. So I guess this perfectly ties into this. You really started this interview off, Gary, being negative per usual with me, as you always are. <laughs> you know, and I was actually waiting for you Just to say negative, something huh? along the lines of, you know, I, oh, look, I do expect a lot from the Bucks this year, blah, 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 blah. But I was going to ask you. What are your biggest concerns out of Milwaukee this year? I mean, I think that now jumps out at me. That's probably unquestionably number one. He's one of the three or four best players in the Eastern Conference, and if he's having injury issues, yeah, there it is. There goes the Buck season right there. But there's also some – I know you've never been too keen on Jason Kidd's coaching uh, in many of our conversations. They've always seemed to have chemistry issues over the course of the last three years. You know, the Bucks have always been a team where going into a season, it's, hey, watch out for the Bucks this year – and that's when they win 35 games and they flop. And then there's a year where you don't expect any from the Bucs, and then all of a sudden they get a surprising six seed or a five seed or something like that. But, you know, I was going to ask you, really, biggest fears of the team, Greg Monroe slash chemistry issues, Jason Kidd coaching. You can start by throwing some of those at us. Wow, those are all uh, legitimate angles. Uh, I, I think the kid situation bears watching as well. Uh, I, I'm not so sure that the rapport between him and, and his uh, players is very good. And uh, if the Bucks would stumble out of the blocks, uh, I think Jason Kidd could definitely be on the hot seat. He was on the hot seat, you know, in the middle of last season when they lost, I think it was 12, 14 games. You were leading the charge. And uh, What's that? You were leading the charge. Yeah, I mean, you know, when the owners call you in and start discussing, you're right. <laughs> you're definitely on the hot seat, and that's what happened to Kidd. And uh, remarkably, the Bucks turned it around and, and gave a fine account of themselves in the playoffs. So, I, I think that's going to be you know something to, again to watch. Uh, I think health is imperative. We talked about Jabari. We talked about Giannis. Maybe the most under-talked about situation is Malcolm Brogdon. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon was the Rookie of the Year. He had a fantastic season. But uh, people forget that Malcolm Brogdon had serious uh, foot issues his freshman year at the University of Virginia, had surgery, and came back, and it, and it obviously has played well. But there were, I mean, a bunch of teams, Larry, that stayed away from Malcolm Brogdon in the NBA draft because of the 
temperaments of his foot, and, and they just don't know if that foot is going to hold up. Uh, one, one NBA general manager compared it to Bill Walton's foot injury when the great Bill Walton played. Bill Walton was putting and, a lot uh, more weight on that foot, though. Exactly, but you know what? He wasn't making all those cuts and turns and everything else. And uh, I, I was told by several people that the Bucks monitored his minutes this past year to make sure that they didn't overextend them. And uh, I would you know, assume that's going to be the case. But uh, that is, again, something else to look for. So, you know, to summarize this whole uh, rant here, <laughs> Health is going to be imperative for the Bucks. They they got to stay healthy. And Chris Middleton missed a ton of time last year as well. Before I think he came there back, you I go. can't remember. We, yeah. early March or mid March, whenever it was. Uh, I do remember him playing late in the year against the Celtics and having a little bit of an impact when the Bucks picked up a huge. We mentioned Malcolm Brockton hit that. Brockton, excuse me, Malcolm Brogdon. Brockton, town down sure. the street from me, slipped the tongue. Uh, Brogdon had the game-winning shot against the Celtics and even had a big fourth quarter against them in a pretty big game that, uh, you know, actually didn't really mm-hmm. hurt Boston at all, but was a big win for the Bucs themselves. And I wanted to, yeah, we got to get into how the Celtics and Bucks could potentially match up. That's as, as fun of a conversation you could possibly have in on September 10th. But to kind of finish it off, the solely squarely on the Bucks, their over-under is 47.5 for a win total out in Vegas. That's high. That's high for a lot of teams. Yeah. And, I, and I expect I expect the Bucks to be a very Top, they're a top four team in the Eastern Conference. I expect that of them. But still, in terms of holding that gun in my head, that's not a bet I would want to place. I will ask you, since you know most about the, more about the Bucks than anyone who walks this earth, in my opinion. Over under on the Bucks, yeah. forty-seven and a half. Where are you putting your money? If I'm putting a gun in your head, and I'll, let's say for argument's sake, I am. Okay. <laughs> I hope it's a water gun or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in your but, ear. I don't think uh, you want that though. I, I, I'm definitely taking the under, and uh, you know, if, if everything falls in line, yeah, I could see this team being a uh, 47 win team. But again, you know, they're not going to have Parker, you know, until February, so uh, they're going to miss his scoring. People forget about this; he was their leading scorer at the All Star break last year, not Giannis, and uh, he was averaging 20 points a game, and uh, he was doing it relatively easy. I mean, there were games I thought he was the second coming to Michael Jordan, he was that good. But, um, and then they also lost Michael Beasley, who was a potent scorer off the bench, uh, especially the first half of the season. So they, they, they got some scoring issues there. And then of course we talked about the, uh, health situation. So, um, I, I just don't see them winning 47 and I'm going to cap out here and say that they could because they're in the Eastern conference, <laughs> you know, they're, Larry, let, let's face it, there's probably like six teams in the Eastern Conference that don't have a prayer of making the playoffs. They're, they're in a rebuild mode. So that's certainly going to help the Bucks' cause. But, again, uh, I, I'm really concerned about the health standpoint, and I think that's going to come back and bite them. And I think the, I think the biggest storyline of the Eastern Conference, even though no one really wants to admit it because it kind of throws a lot of cold water on the actual excitement of the NBA season overall, is – the top of the Eastern Conference is as shady and as questionable as it's been in 20 years, in my opinion. Yeah. Everyone's excited yeah. about the Celtics, but that's a brand new freaking team. I like to think that we know more about the Bucs than we do about the Celtics. The, the Celtics literally have a brand new team. The Bucs are at least returning a team that was in the playoffs last year, gave a good series to Toronto. And there's actually some continuity there from them over the last two, three years. Even though they don't have much playoff success, you see a lot of times, over time when teams are together... 
young teams, young talent. They eventually start piecing it together. That's why I'm actually fairly bullish on Washington. I wanted to make some arguments for the Bucks as actually being. I mean, I don't. I wanted for the sake for the for the sake of the show to make you know like an argument for Milwaukee's sake that they could you know are a bigger threat to win yeah. the East in that regard. But uh, do you want to do that for me then? No. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I, I know you know, you're no, right. Having said yeah. that, having said that, Larry, you know there, there is still time before the season starts, and, and there's still plenty of rumors going around that the Bucks are trying to trade Greg Monroe. Now, let me throw this out at you: the Lakers are trying to clear up salary cap space, okay, mm-hmm. uh, because of the free agents that they want to bring in next summer, and they might be able to give up one of their young pieces, maybe, you know, uh, Julius Randle, okay? What if the Bucks traded Monroe for Randle and another piece, and another young player? Then all of a sudden, I think you've got to keep your eye on the Bucks. you know? I think that's uh, the case that's... already, to be honest with you. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Pending, and, and, and pending Giannis's health, and because, of course, I, I'm right. operating under the assumption that he's pretty much the second best player in the Eastern Conference right now. Well, well silence. Do. So, behind who? LeBron, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's one only. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and, and that's why the Vegas odds makers gave him 47 wins because I think last year they had him at 43, if I'm not mistaken, 44. And, you thought uh, that was very high. I remember we saw. I specifically remember us having that conversation. I was like, you thought that was very high, and I actually threw that at you. I was like, you know, that was coming off a year. What was it? 14-15, where they were expected right. to be good. They signed Greg Monroe, and they just stunk up the joint. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? Every time the Bucs is like notorious of that franchise, every time they have a year like that, they come right back, and they get a you know a six seed. And, and I was like, watch out for the Bucs at 43-and-a-half, 44 around. Now, yes, everyone is bullish on the Bucs, and this is generally the, the silical – uh, trend that they've you know done yeah. not to insult over the last uh, forty years or so, but let's sure. sort, let's sort of finish on this Celtics Bucks. It's September tenth. They're playing in the playoffs. I don't want to say the date, so let's call it a few days from now. Uh, they're playing in the playoffs a few days from now. Tell me what happens. Yes, I think it's a competitive series. You know, after all the bashing I did, <laughs> I know. No, that's what I said. It's just I, naturally I, I, a negative I, I, guy, yeah, even though I, I think can. we're talking about a very good basketball team here. Yeah, and, and you know what? They're hungry. They, they have uh, chemistry. That's the biggest concern I have for the Celtics, and you touched upon it, is the chemistry. I, I thought they had extraordinary chemistry last year. And, you know, with Avery Bradley and, and Jay Crowder leading the way, I, I thought those two guys were just fabulous teammates, and, and they laid it on the line. And, um, you know, there, there isn't any question the Celtics got an abundance of talent, but whether it's going to gel – I think, you know, uh, remains to be seen. And they'd have the best player. But, yes, I, I too, uh, I will take Boston at the present moment, and I'd, I'd certainly like to think come May, if and when these teams do meet, which is very likely they do. Bucks celtics though, very rare. What was once a staple during the NBA playoffs Meeting in the finals back in 74, first of the two uh, titles during the Cowans years. Then, of course, the 80s, I think, just off the top of my head, the infamous sweep in 83, which is still referenced to this day by resident Celtics hater Michael Felger. Then Boston almost returning the favor in 84 before definitely doing so in 86. 
Great series in 87. Listeners, correct me if I am wrong, but believe that seven-gamer in 87 was the last time these two franchises met in the playoffs after having one of the league's most uh, underrated rivalries uh, for many years, uh, if you will. Seems like I've watched enough Bucks celtics games in my life. I went to a ton of Bucks games in the days of the Newt Fleet Center to catch Vin Baker, the big local product, back when he was first coming out from Connecticut, and... Big Dog Robinson, all at the same time because of the doubt, I had to subject myself to Todd Day and Antoine Walker gunning up shots like there was no tomorrow. But a playoff series long overdue between these two teams. And I'd like to think with all the question marks these teams have, Milwaukee's curse of injuries, Milwaukee's curse of questionable coaching, Milwaukee's curse of never-ending or seeming to fulfill potential and put forth back-to-back good seasons and live up to expectations— any type of curse for Milwaukee. While the Celtics, are with now all the front-line talent, they have no clue what they have from, from them as of right now. So, it's very exciting. Riveting, if you will. Do have to applaud Mr. Wolfel's suggestion. Oh, by the way, thank you again. Gary Wolfel never gave this man his appropriate sign-out. Gary Wolfel, everyone! NBA Insider for the Racing Journal Times, www.wolfelpressbox.com, and follow him on Twitter at his namesake, at Gary Wolfel. You know, jeez, uh, four summers ago, man now, maybe longer, one of our dear listeners reached out to me, believe it was Mr. Javel, and was, he was monitoring the NBA wire and beat during other summer of white-hot Celtics rumors, and I was referred to the work of Gary's by, by this listener, and it was highly suggested to put Gary on this programming, particularly when he was all, you know, all over the potential whereabouts of a one-time target of this organization and a many-time favorite of this host, uh, one Greg Monroe, was told by our listener, get this man on the show, that being Gary. And, and Gary has been a big supporter to us ever since, a fine purveyor of information on these airwaves. But back to Mr. Wolfel's incredible suggestion about Mr. Monroe. We just heard Gary suggest slash report the Bucks' desire to move Monroe, which has been the word really ever since he signed there. Some, was it like three summers ago now? Uses expiring contract as a means to upgrade the talent currently on the roster. Could and likely would make the Bucks better, one would like to think. But in terms of a Celtics matchup, of course, we think of LeBron. We think of Giannis. We think of John Wall. Heck, I mean, we even we think of Porzingis. Uh, opponents off the top of uh, our heads who are most concerned, just based on their talent, skill, and place in the individual hierarchy in the NBA alone. But man, uh, for the last, like, three to five years, it's just one of those things with the Celts never really being able to check his post offense, and even even on the boards as well. Greg Monroe, as we know, has had some big, big games, both in wins and losses against the Celtics. He has just been a matchup nightmare. So... We're going to finish on that very high note. Greg Monroe owns the Celtics. Hopefully the Bucks trade him. Phenomenal way to end episode number 227 of Celtics B. Better than Giannis and Tadakubo trade ideas, huh? The first of our primer series where every year we look at Boston's key rivals across the top of the Eastern Conference. little preview for next week. Going to look at the Washington Wizards. Now this is the team I think has as good of a chance as any at being the number one seed in the East heading into the 2018 playoffs. Why? Ah, perfect click hanger. Find out next week on episode number 228. But for episode number 227, music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Legrato. 
Today's sponsors were FanDuel and Audible. FanDuel.com slash Speed to enter the Speed FanDuel Weekly Fantasy Football League and Audible.com slash Speed to claim a free audiobook alongside a free 30-day trial period. Please do both. Tremendous support to this production by utilizing said Speed coupon codes. I'd like to thank Gary Wolfel of the Racing Journal Times for joining us once again. For graphic designer Scott Dillon, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Larry A. Trussell, the executive producer and host... Signing off for Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Media.